Hey, what's up, people? Jason Newstead here. You're checking out Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Axel Rolipel, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Dweezil Zappa, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. episode 478 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 478, we're going to talk a little bit about 80s kind of new wave alternative rock, uh, and even a little bit pop. Uh, The band Missing Persons obviously had an amazing run of hits with Walking in L.A. and Destination Unknown, Do You See Me? Um... A lot of great songs. Uh, we're going to be speaking with Dale Bozio, who was the lead singer, um, about not only her time in Missing Persons, but as many of you uh, know or may not know, she worked with Frank Zappa uh, and also did a lot of work with Prince. So we're going to talk to her about an amazing new book she has that kind of chronicles her life story. Uh, it's a it's sort of an autobiography slash uh, pictorial book. She's got a lot of fantastic stuff, and it's called Life is So Strange. Missing Persons, Frank Zappa, Prince, and Beyond. Uh, and I had a chance to, to take a look at that book. I had a chance to talk to Dale. It's a rather long interview. She's an amazing person to talk to. Uh, got a wealth of just fantastic stories. Um, so we're going to play a little Missing Persons just to kind of set the stage. We're going to get into that interview with Dale Bozio. <laughs>
Welcome to Iron City Rocks. We have on the line from Missing Persons, we have Dale Belzio on the line. How you doing, Dale? Hey, how are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. My pleasure. It, it's it's an honor to get to talk to you. Um, I think, uh, you know, when I think of your name, I think of, of a pioneer of obviously the music I grew up on. But, you know, I look at, you know, whether it's expressly said or not, it, probably somebody who is very much shaped the face of popular music. Because when I, I, you can't look at Lady Gaga and not think of Dale Bozio. Um, if you know you were in that era, um, you've got a, a, a book, you know, kind of a photo slash autobiography uh, book out, uh, Life So Strange, and and you know you've got a lot of facets to your career that I think a lot of people maybe didn't realize. You know, those of us that grew up weaned on MTV, we knew you as you know the colorful haired singer, Missing Persons, but there's a lot more there with with Frank Zappa and your relationship uh professionally and personally with prince and stuff so w- what made you want to sit down and kind of write all this out now in your career you know what happened <clears throat> is my son woke me up and he said dale your boy died and i knew exactly i knew he meant my boy was prince mm-hmm. and because I talked a lot about Prince to my sons, of course, with him in the public eye. And um, he said, he's dead, Dale. They found him dead today, this morning. So I woke up. I just broke into tears. Just, just couldn't even really think of what to think. So sure. I picked my pencil up and went to my desk. And just started writing. I couldn't stop writing. I wrote all day. I wrote for the whole next week. And I wrote about everything. I first wrote about him. And then I just kept writing. I said, you know, I'm going to write a book now. Because I I can't uh, contain my emotions. And I really want everyone that loves me or cares about me to know how imperfect life is is sure so i wrote the book i called my friend keith and he said to me i said hey we write this book with me i need your help he said oh, oh the girl that asked that told me that she would never have a book written about her till she was dead <laughs> i said yeah that girl <laughs> so he came over it was just pre-covid and we started writing and um then we got into COVID, and then we both looked at each other and went, "Oh no, I guess we got to finish this over the phone." Yeah. <clears throat> so that's what we did. Um, and in the meantime, I'm suffering from COVID. Yes. <clears throat> Sorry to hear that. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm COVID positive, and um, I have been for a couple of weeks. I don't know how this is going to go, <laughs> but it's it's been pretty severe. Um, yeah, I'm not an advocate for anybody or anything, but I do know one thing: when you get sick, it's the, the no fun zone, you know. Yeah. So you got to get better. Everybody's got to get better. Yeah. I mean, you can edit that if you want. Oh, Certainly. You know, it doesn't matter. No, that's okay. But I just I, I wanted to let you know why I'm coughing. No, I appreciate it. No, that's that's quite yeah. all right. Uh, um, it's a real thing so, and, and affecting real people and affecting everybody. Yeah. You know, what was. Yeah, it is. Were, were some of these areas, you know, as you wrote the book, you, you talk about, you know, meeting you Hefner, which was not, you know, probably 
a, a nice thing, you know, the way you know the way it kind of played out. You you talk about how you met Frank Zappa the first time, which was a, a fantastic story. Um, were, were there parts of this book that were a little more painful to get into? <laughs> you should say that. Well, I surely uh, went through a metamorphosis. I, I did a lot of crying. I did a lot of laughing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a great, uh, it, it, it is a great <clears throat> accomplishment for me to get all those things into words. I think some things are so hard sometimes to say, let alone put into words, but sometimes even to say out loud and um it's a great opportunity for me, actually, to be able to have this accomplished. Sure. It, it, there are things that, that I got to say uh, that I don't think a lot of people know. Probably nobody knows mm-hmm. things in this little book. that I, I wanted it to be like kind of a, um, almost like a diary. Yeah. Because I put a lot of beautiful pictures in there that mean something to me. They're very cherished photos, and I wanted to collect them all together. And then um, the story about my mother and my father and, and how they sort of molded me into yeah. this uh, tyrant <laughs> that <Sure>. I am. <laughs> I prefer Dynamo, and, but you can go with tyrant. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> and I wanted to put some poems in there for my friends and just thank some people that probably would never think that I even thought of them also. Yeah. One of the things that, that struck to me was, you know, just the, the number of photographs on uh, between social media, the book that you share, and, and the obvious adoration you have for your sons. Um, when when you're doing something like this, where you know you live the rock star life, um, is is it awkward, or, or do you have that kind of relationship with your kids where this wasn't uncomfortable to have them read what mom did? You know, the the cocaine, the cars, the guys. You know, is that is that make a squirm as a mom at all you know what <clears throat> i gotta admit <clears throat> nothing makes me squirm well, that's... <laughs> uh i'm pretty i'm a pretty cold hot ass person mm-hmm. i raised two fine sons and i feel they're very honest and they're rock stars themselves they have the whole sense of being, to be honest, and really know what your limitations are. I think that's what life's all about. Sure. That and and you know we can all say, oh, we're gonna we're gonna be this one day. I think it, it's kind of difficult to put yourself in that predicament as a child yeah. to say, I'm gonna be a doctor, I'm gonna be a scientist, I'm gonna be this, I'm gonna be a cab driver, I want to be a dancer. I mean, in all the things that people pick, people say, "Oh, you can't do that. Sure. <laughs> you got to do this." And so that's not my that's not my chain of thought at all. And I've always been a, a a free spirit, but so so sensitive and caring, mm-hmm. so 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 caring about the world and and what what they're going to do, not what they think about me, but what they're going to do when they find out what I did and who I am. Sure. What, will, will they still love me? <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. And um, my, friend, my, my friends understand me. My children know me better than anyone. Sure. And they don't judge. They don't judge. So <clears throat> I don't know. If they were two girls, it might be a different yeah. story. Yeah. But, <laughs> I can see I, I can see exactly where you're coming from with that remark. 
you know, it's it's easier when it's you, you, you're kind of crossing the gender uh, divide. Yeah. And and it's got to yeah. be. Yeah. So I've I've always been a lady, no mm. matter what. It's through all my men friends and my husbands, ex-husbands, or friends of the future. I'm a lady all day long. That's all. And and it just happens to be that I had some very delicate, romantic, handsome, famous yeah. <laughs> friends. Yeah, famous. Famous is this is a key. When you know, and and Prince, he was a he was just a loving soul. The poor boy. I I am sad for him, but then I feel maybe now he's free. Yeah. I I don't know about afterlife. I don't know. I write Destination Unknown about where do we go from here, mm-hmm. which means when we right di- when we die. I and I wrote that song for the world to think about it a little more, <laughs> not just oh yeah yeah we'll die someday. Well, that's really important. Yeah, it's really important. And so I work every day towards not doing that, not doing that. And and being fully aware of of where I am and where I'm going, and the people I'm with, and the things I say. It's the, simple, really, yeah. when it comes down to it, you know, because we get so complicated in our relationships, and our children, and our parents. And I think if you just walk through the fire, and then you get out the other side, you're you're all okay. You can say, "Hey, I did it. I walked through the fire." So fuck you. <laughs> the uh, you you had you know very personal relationships with with I mentioned Frank Zappa and Prince obviously um, two different artists but two really in a way who have a lot probably more in common you know as far as the scope of the vision and the, the creativity and, and just the sheer talent were there things on a personal level that that they had in common you know. Maybe their music doesn't sound the same, but do you know what I mean? The drive, the vision these guys had. It's funny you should say that. It's funny you should say that because I never looked at them as as they were alike because they're so unique, those Mm -hmm. two people. Sure. Um, But I I do know one thing. They were so kind to me. They were so kind to me and loving... And understanding, I can't, <laughs> I I don't even know how come I got to be the lucky one like that. Yeah. I, I But I did. And what it did for me was it makes my life now that I have to live stronger, even without them. And they were so important. Without them, I still... Get the courage because I know they wouldn't want me to cry. I know that. I know. I know Prince wouldn't want to see me cry. That wouldn't. That wouldn't make him happy. He called me cold, hot ass, and he wrote a song about me called "So Strong." And the funny thing is, until he died, I didn't even know he wrote it about me. <laughs> and I. And when I found out, I thought. Wow. wow! Yeah, that's that's a lot to live up wow. to. Wow! Yeah, I I I I I I said, gee, <laughs> I guess that's really what he thought—that I was so strong he couldn't break me, and he asked me to marry him, and and he cried to me. He made me cry. He made me cry, and 
it, it's such a delicate situation mm-hmm. when you feel that you hurt someone. You because that pain goes all the way to the soul. <laughs> it's not just that's not just on your face. It's deep. It's deep. When people laugh or they cry, there's a reason. There's a real reason for it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times when we grow up, you know, people say, oh, don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Everything will be all right. Well, maybe you should cry. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should cry. And maybe you should laugh. And maybe you should fall down and bang the ground. Maybe all those things are part of our makeup. And they all bring us back to the center of what we need to be, which is the whole person that they cry, they bite, they fight, they 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 do all kinds of crazy things, and they do good things too. Yeah. And so between those two, they gave me more courage. They, that's what they gave me. They gave me so much courage. It could make me. It, it breaks me, but I can't. I can't break because <laughs> that's not what they wanted. That's not what they wanted, and right. I know I know I carry a lot of weight on my soul, but I continue to do it because someone has to do it. Someone has to say the real things that people need, and I want to be that person. I want to be the one that's going to say everything is going to be all right. Mm-hmm. I want I want to be that person. I, I wish I could walk outside and match have a magic wand and, and, and fix it and make everybody's problems go away and, and make this a, just a, all daisies and, and sugar canes and, and ice cream and hot fudge sundaes for everybody. But I, I, I only can do what I can do, and I, I still try to do that. Everywhere I go and everyone I talk to, I'm gentle to them, and I'm understanding, and I'm caring. And if only everyone would try a little tiny bit to not be mad, to not be sad, just a tiny bit, Wouldn't it would fix. It would fix it all. Yeah, it would the... fix it all. It would fix it all. And I wrote this book because I want everyone to know that I was falling down in a million broken pieces, falling out of a window at the pivot of my best time of my life. When Frank Zappa was doing so many things for me, and I was a model, and I was just on top of the world, and God pushed me out a window, <laughs> right on my head, 40 feet, no doubt about it. And it was that was a tough that was a tough get up. That was sure. that was one that was one tough <clears throat> situation for yeah. me, and I was still a little girl. I was only 21 years old yeah. when I fell out the window, and I woke up when I was 22, and I thought a lot of things, believe me, within that time frame, and I was blind because I was in a concussion, and I, <clears throat> I had to come out of a coma, <clears throat> and believe me, I, I thought inside out, and all the songs I wrote with missing persons, they were all wrote when I was coming out of that coma, and thinking all the things that were super important to me, to me. And then I thought, wow, these things are all important to everyone else, too. This is what is important when you're alone in your head and your your eyes are dark. That's who you are. That's who you are. Yeah. Not with the fancy dress and not the fine silk pants and the shiny shoes. You're who you are when your eyes are closed alone in that brain of yours. 
shiver or shake. <laughs> That's your story. And I think what you're saying, I think, is maybe one of the things that, that, that draw people in to, to a lot of great music, including your own, because you're bearing, you know, it isn't just shiny, happy people, kind of, so not to knock R.E.M. by any stretch, but, you know, there's more to life than just singing happy songs, you know, those, those introspective songs about emotions that everyone feel. And how funny is that? All I sing, and I try to, I practice, I sing the song Happy. Mm. That song Happy, that's my favorite song by that fella. It's yeah. a tongue twister, and it's the truth. <laughs> yeah, if it, you know what your happy is, why don't you go there? That's the thing. And that we're fighting, all of us, to find the happy. We all look for it everywhere we go. <laughs> the funny thing is, it's right where we are. It's right where we are. Mm-hmm. It's right here, right now. It's everywhere. Because don't you think the fun's going to stop when I hang up the phone from you and all the talk mm-hmm. and all the adventures and the memories and everything sure. I can see so vividly in the colors? And then I stop talking and there's no one talking to me except for myself. Oh, it's kind of a sad shadow. Everyone has to go there. It's so silent and alone, and that's the time when we always have to say, it's all okay, see? We're okay. Me, you, and my shadow, we're okay. Right here, right where we are. We don't have to fly to Hawaii today to get any better. I can sit right where I am within three feet of a circumference and create a world that's unconditional maybe and unforgettable and I did that I did that right where I am I wrote that book within the three feet circumference that I sit in every day it's safe it's warm and it's so fine and comfortable for me and that's all I need but that's all every single human person needs that's all they need there's a three foot circumference around them and they'll never fall off the mountain Ask a mountain climber. Ask that rock climber. Ask him. He tells you three feet. If he goes outside of it, he's going to fall off that rock. Dang. Why does he want to do that? To accomplish something to show himself how courageous he or she really is. That's the thing. You can never give that up. And when you give it up, well, then we have to help you. Yeah. I think and then we won't have the people living under the bridge. We won't have the scars on the street. And we won't have people stealing from us. Don't you understand? You have to give. You have to give everything you possibly can to make this world a better place. And if it's anything that I've tried to do, <laughs> it's to make people happy. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a, a message that I think is so sorely lacking in society these days is, is the concept of giving. Like you mentioned, you know, it's become such yeah, a divisive I that, culture. I wrote that song. I wrote that song a long time ago. A long time ago. And I only think these things because when I fell from this accident and I woke up, the first thing I said was, everything will be all right. That's it. And I live by those words. Every single moment of the day, 
unless you come close to losing your consciousness and your awareness and all the people that you think you love, nothing really matters. Hmm. Nothing really matters. It's not the it's not the the coconut bar and the protein shake, all the sneakers, and it sure as hell ain't the, f- the bicycle. It's not. <laughs> it's the people. Yeah. It's the people. So all of the big people with all of the big doings could help all the little people with the little doings. It doesn't make us a mediocre place to live. It makes everybody a better life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 well you know? said. So that's all I want to be is an advocate for that. And I, I just wanted to just leak and leak and leak into your soul that no matter what happens to you, if you fall 40 feet out of a window, you can get up and you can put yourself back together again and play the game again with better, better tools and better brain <laughs> and more knowledge. Why would you be afraid to fail? Once you fail, you learn what not to do and how to fix the things that will be right. Yeah. That's what we need to know. If we find out all the things that are broken and we fix them, huh, wow, what an easy place this would be. We complicate everything. Just like the people, they complicate everything. And the one, two people, Prince and Frank Zappa, made it so easy for me you uncomplicate. And they were geniuses. They were geniuses. They let me in their life. I learned so much like a sponge. And I'm looking for my third hero. He's there somewhere. They come in threes. I know they do. And I don't know, maybe the first one was my father and it's done now. But I kind of have hope for the living. I think there's one more living person in this world than I'm going to work with, maybe to make my movie, and to make this movie into something that will cure the, the woes of the world. It'll make you feel better. That, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, to, to find another... That's what I want. That's what I want to do. What do you want to do? Yeah, that, the, uh, that's... A, you want to tell all these stories about everybody. You know, and you do that for everybody. See, if it wasn't for you, I couldn't exist. If you can do all the things you do. And that's what I say about everybody. We're all the link to the answer of the whole world. Every single one of us. The person that makes the mistake, we go, oh, wow, look what they did. We can fix this. That's how we get the the knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And all the people that make mistakes, and then we have electricity from this one and that one, and oh, come on. Mistakes of what the world is made of. I made a mistake singing in one of my songs. I went, oh, I squeaked. (laughs) And Terry said, What the hell are you doing squeaking in that song? That's terrible. And I brought it to Frank Zappa, and Frank said, That squeak is idealistic. I love it. Leave Leave it it there. Continue to do that. I'm impressed impressed you can still make that. So that that's it. You're you're absolutely right, though. I mean, if if perfection was was required, it wouldn't be a very. I mean, (laughs) really, and it makes me laugh so hard when so many people want to be perfect. (laughs) It's just it's mind blowing to me 
You yeah. know, it's mind blowing. And if you see some of the great actors, you know what they tell you before they go on stage, they ruffle their shirt, they pull out their tie, they take a button off their jacket, they do something to cause a flaw. And then they're not, they know there's not going to be a problem. They already conquered that flaw. Yeah. My father would buy a brand new car, <laughs> go out and say, come here, everybody, let's, let's conquer the car. Let's christen it. And I think, okay, champagne. And he, he'd go out with his car keys. He'd go, see this car key? This is the key that starts and ends this car. Then he'd go right out to the back of the tailpipe and go, and rip it with the key. You know what though? At that point, he can relax. I mean, I—that's I, a great—that's a great metaphor for life. You know. Right. He did. My father did that with everything. He broke it a little bit. Yeah. He broke it a little bit. We moved into our house. He took the gun and shot it through the ceiling. He goes, "Okay, it's christened. We can live here now." Yeah, I, I think back. You're, you're telling you us. It. it reminded me of of uh, I had had a Les Paul that I had saved up to buy and. You know, was so happy to have this Les Paul, and I, and I leaned over the amp to to adjust something and knock something onto it and scuff the guitar. And I was so upset, you know, with this beautiful guitar. And then I was like, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan had a guitar that looked like it went through, you know, a, a hell hell and back, and he made it sound like that. So this little ding in my Les Paul, that's just character, you know. But then you relax with it; you're not so uptight, and, and that's, well, that's a great way to yeah. live. It made it your own. Now it's yours, yeah. isn't it? And and then that's, and the you, next you the next scar for that's a great word you know doesn't hurt as much right. you know and that's that's a great point exactly exactly wouldn't you think that that's probably how a boxer is you know yeah. they go in that ring and they know they're gonna get punched in yeah. the jaw just get the first one out of the way and <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time <laughs> right but Dale yeah. I want to thank so. you so much for the time I. I my, well, ask you know, me, but ask me anything you think about the book that you thought that was crucial. You know, I mean, I, I know about Prince and everything, and, mm -hmm. and yeah, I did have a love affair with Prince, and Prince did love me, and I did love him very much, but, but I could not take advantage of a person, yeah. a little person or a big person or any person's. Uh, money is not what I've ever been uh, sought after. I'm not chasing a, a, a checkbook, and I'm I'm really not chasing fame. It sort of chased me yeah. in an odd that, that, the way. <laughs> that was one of the things that I, I found interesting, you know, as, as you were growing up, and, and was that you tended, at least from from my interpretation, to kind of roll with some situations that most people, you know, maybe would have froze in the moment, you know. You know, when you met Frank, you know, your situation with, with uh, you, Hefner, um, even, even your story with Prince. I mean, most people maybe would say, oh, you know, there, there he is over there, you know, across the club. You you, you talk about seeing him at and um, maybe wouldn't have the yeah, courage. You know, you march right over and, and tweak him in the nose. Um, I did. I was. I did. I saw him. He was standing there between these two big giant bodyguards, and I looked at him and I went, "This poor fella. Why does he need these two big fucking freaks yeah, well. to take care of him? He should have two beautiful girls on his arm." 
Yeah. Not, not, not these bastards that are keeping away everything from his life that could be probably really happy. And I walked up to him and just poked him on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> and he went, you poked me on the nose? I said, yeah, I know. I thought it was hysterical. Yeah, it, it, I, I, guess I, was, I guess I'm the only one that thought it was funny. You know, I, I was, you know, I read that. I was like, well, you know, and then, you know, you think about like, you know, maybe you know you're in a situation at that point where you're you're a successful musician. You know, so you probably had a, a different, you know, maybe a pecking order than than someone you know like myself who was would have been in that situation would have been oh, like, okay, no, 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 oh no, believe me, anybody, no, nobody was gonna go do that. Nobody was gonna go touch him. Yeah, no one would have went to go close to touch him. Are you kidding me? No one. They were. They were. The the place froze when he walked in, and anything he did, people froze, and they just stared at him like he was a ghost. I'm like, listen, I told him, I said right then, I said, you're the best dancer in the place. You want to dance? Yeah, he might. (laughs) And he didn't answer me. He just turned around and walked to the dance floor, so I followed him. I was like, what? You're not going to answer me? (laughs) <laughs> and he just turned on the dance floor, and I went, oh, I guess he is going to dance with me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I mean, where, where can uh, but, folks... But, you know, I'm from, I'm from Boston, so <laughs> I have a different attitude. Boston is so just hardcore. Yeah. We shovel snow. We fight the rain and, and cars and people and, and thievery, and, oh, Lord, it goes on. Boston is a really incredible place. There for hundreds of years, and the caliber is of no more. It's announced to any other, really. I I must say, I've traveled quite a few places, not all over the world, but a few places. And I just think of Boston and its proper attitude and its incredible resilience. And I feel that that's where I got what I have. I, it's like being a, a bumper car there, yeah. and you survive it. You just do. You yeah. just do. Bostonians, they got it all going on. You yeah. know, I, I live in L.A. I know you live in New York, but I live in L.A., and L.A., it's, it's sunny. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sunny. a different world. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, it is very sunny, and they have lemon trees here and oranges and and, and avocados that grow in people's backyards. And, you know, the fruit falls to the ground. They don't even pick it up and share it with their neighbors. So they, we're talking a very sterile situation mm-hmm. in L.A. People look at you, but they don't talk to you. Yeah. And I find it re- 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 really bizarre. I, I'm still living here. I'm still living through it trying to figure it out because I'm kind of stuck in L.A., it seems. It seems you just get stuck here or you're, like, magnetized Mm -hmm. to it because you always think something good's going to happen. You're always waiting for the party. (laughs) I'm still waiting for the party. (laughs) You can't take Boston. You you see that with Bostonians, though. You don't take that away. It's, It's kind of like, you know... You know, someone from Brooklyn or the Bronx, you know, you, yeah, you wear exactly, it as it, right. it becomes part of your DNA, you know, even if. Yeah, yeah. 
But. Yeah, like you in New York. You, you, I always wished I was from New York. I, I love the New York New Yorkers. <clears throat> I always wanted to be one, but <laughs> it wasn't for me. Yeah. I just I just love it. The pizza on the corner and oh, shops all over the place. Well, I don't know now. It's you know with all of this, all the problems that we have to take on now. You know, but it's not any different than worlds away from other times and. The generations and so we need to rise up and really yeah. make everything you know better and and try to work together and and i'm glad that you talked to me about me and my book because really i wrote the book so i could talk to the people yeah and, and i think that that's that's one of the beauty of it is it's really um it's not your typical you know quote rock star autobiography um you know you you cover all the bases but i think it's it's more like you said more of a journal um in that yeah and it draws you in like that i mean and i i think you really feel like you you come out the other side knowing the person and i've read many many bio autobiographies you know and you know a lot of times they're, they're very follow a formula um quite honestly but i think that right. you you've broken the mold uh, beautifully with this book. Where where can folks get this if they want to get a copy? Or is there, if... I think I think God broke the mold with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have great faith. Yeah. I truly do. I want you to know that I have great faith. Great, great, great faith. And um, oh, the book you can get the book on Facebook dot com slash Dale Bozio. Okay. And um. I will autograph it for you or sign it, whichever you want, um, and, and mail it to you with a special photograph that I have. And awesome. I, um, I uh, am very, very grateful for this time that you spent with me here Absolutely. to talk to me. And, and, you know, I want you to know the book is a little racy, like, you know, yeah. it talks about a lot of people. <laughs> and I love them all, though. I love them all, yeah. and it was a, a fantastic journey. You know, it's not over yet, but I wanted to get a grip on things at this time of my life. Yeah. So maybe now I can go forward with some other parts of um, the creative world. Sure. You know, I always be a movie star, so uh, you never know. That sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like a perfect, perfect thing for you. Dale, I want to thank you so much. I, I wish you a oh, speedy recovery. You. Um, oh, and thank you so much. And and please call me anytime. And if you thought of anything or you want to ask me, or continue our friendship. Okay. All right, Dale. Thank you so much. God bless. And, and I wish you okay. great health. Thank you. All right. Again, that book is available now from Dale Bozio. You can go to dalebozio.today to order a copy of the book. As she said, she'll personalize it for you, uh, write it whatever you want. Uh, it was really a cool thing to check out. If you're a fan of that kind of 80s new wave uh, rock music, uh, definitely worth checking out, or a, even a pop fan, or, or just somebody who's interested in her work with Frank Zappa. So many facets to Dale's career. It really makes it uh, very, very interesting. So check that out. Uh, it's dalebozio.today. Uh, it's not .com, it's .today. Uh, you can also check out, she's still doing live dates um, once she gets back. We wish her a speedy recovery from her battle with COVID-19. Um, as of the recording, this meatloaf has just recently passed away, and, and we've lost so many great uh, musicians over the last couple of years, uh, either due to COVID or cancer and, and multitude of things. So we, uh, prayers for Dale in her recovery. 
I'm going to turn our attention now to a band called The Ferrymen, which features uh, Mangus Carlson, who is an incredible, incredible guitarist. He's most known for his work with Primal Fear, but has been in almost too many bands uh, to name. Uh, he's a Swedish guitarist, uh, songwriter, producer. Uh, the Ferrymen uh, came across, uh, this is their second album, and it caught my attention because of uh, the vocalist Ronnie Romero, who, uh, as many of you may have seen, he uh, has done the vocal duties for Rainbow, uh, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. So um, you, you can't even imagine uh, the, the vocal skill of Ronnie. Uh, also had worked with Adrian Vandenberg, uh, Mangus, as I mentioned, then Mike Tirana, who has worked with Ingbe Malmsteen. He's worked with Axel Rudy Pell. So the three of them, this is their second album. The album is called One More River to Cross. Uh, we're going to play you a little bit of, of the album. Uh, now we'll get into that interview with Mangus Carlson.
you write is, is sometimes you mentioned about the muscle memory. Is that sometimes, you know, almost you tend to not delve into things that are, that, um, you know, variety because of the fact you're so used to playing certain, you know, I, I, I know from my own limited experience on the guitar, I pick it up, I'm going to play certain chords over and over again, certain little riffs. I always kind of gravitate to uh, because, you know, the way the instrument's laid out versus a piano keyboard yeah. where, you know, you're, you're really approaching it in your brain very differently. Yeah. That... Yeah. I, I try to get away from that uh, because it's easy to write the stuff that you already know <laughs> and yeah and and i mean i don't i don't invent anything new but uh i've tried to you know make it interesting and uh, try new stuff at least but uh, as i said before the melody is the boss so uh, yeah. whatever the melody does i have to follow and uh, if it's a boring uh, chord progression that i've done before yeah i have to do it because if it suits the melody then, then it's yeah yeah, I, I work like that. So, and you, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Do Sorry. you write the vocal melodies, or is this something that you and Ronnie collaborate on, or, or how does the Ferryman as a whole write? Yeah, I, I write everything and vocal melodies too. But I tell him that when he recorded, he can feel free if he want to do any changes. And I know as a singer, it can be hard to sing someone else melodies and lyrics sometimes yeah. with some words and. But and he's so skilled, so he just <laughs> nails it. I, I know yeah. the last album we um, we did now, uh, it was really really high. Some of the melodies are, mm -hmm. so I couldn't sing on the demos really. So I sang like BG's metal with you no know, falsetto voice, and yeah. and I asked him, I asked him, can you do? Is it okay, or should I change the? the no, he's like, no, it, it's not a problem. <laughs> it's it's yeah. just nailing it. He 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 doesn't have any limits. And uh, he, he and he's also very fast. So when I send the songs, it just takes a couple of days, and then he recorded the whole album. Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> he's one of those guys. I, I, I there's been a couple of singers I, I can think of, and it you know kind of through the history where he could probably sing you know children's limericks and things that you know it, it's going to make it sound phenomenal. He's got that just enough, um, I think, grit to his voice that, that yeah. makes it stand out. He's not you know, when you when you think of someone like a Rob Halford or a Bruce Dickinson with a bit of an operatic mm. voice, he certainly has that range. But there's there's a bit of a I, I want to say almost a Joe Cocker to his voice. Um, yeah. That I think it gives it such character that it's got to be a, a joy to to paint with that brush as a as a songwriter. Um, yeah, really. I I when I write the songs, I can hear his voice in my head, mm -hmm. so that's a lot of inspiration. From a, from the standpoint of, of when you pick up the bass as a guitarist in this in this range, is it challenging for you to, to not just play the exact same kind of you know root notes of the, the mm. chords you're playing on guitar? Is that something that you have to really kind of take your guitarist hat off and really think more like a bass player? Yeah, I, I played quite a lot of bass, so. Uh... I'm used to it, but I, I think a lot about the arrangement of the song. So, mm. uh, um, yeah, so it fits the song, then I play it. And if it doesn't fit the song, I, I don't play it. But uh, maybe a full-time bass player would do it different. I, I, I don't know. 
but uh, I think it's quite fun to play bass too. But if we would do this live, we have to hire someone. Or yeah, someone suggested someone suggested that Ronnie could take the bass too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, unless you want to. I mean, you, you've got keyboard, you've got bass. Yeah. You're almost verging into Getty Lee there. You know, if you can yeah. maybe do the bass with your feet and and stand the guitar. Um, yeah. Know, so, I don't know about you, but I'd really have to dumb down the chord progressions to be able to do that to what Getty does. Um, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Any um, news in the world of Primal Fear? I mean, where you guys, and obviously the, the pandemic has kind of derailed a lot of bands' plans, but uh, did you guys have plans at this point? Uh, yeah, actually, not much is happening now. It was a bit sad because uh, I think Metal Command, our last album, was the most successful ever Primal Fear album. And then... Uh, the band couldn't tour after that, and um, uh, and uh, hopefully we can do it on the next. Actually, I'm not touring with the band. I'm still in the band, but I'm, I'm not touring. <laughs> so, okay. but uh, the rest of the guys are doing. Yeah, I, I stopped a, a couple of years ago because yeah, it, it, I, I think it's hard to be away from the family and sure. uh, for that long time. And uh, yeah, but now yeah. Uh, I hope we will start on the next album, maybe later yeah. this year. Yeah, and that's, I think that's just what you mentioned about, about being away. I think a lot of people have, have you've, you've seen a lot of musicians really kind of take stock of that in the last two years, sadly, at this point, that, mm. you know, while touring is, you know, unfortunately one of the things you need to, you know, things you need to draw capital uh, to keep mm. bands going, it, it takes such a, a personal toll on you guys that, um, you know, I think someone like yourself who's been able to keep incredibly busy to look at your resume, you know, you don't, you don't have, looks like you don't take a, a week off ever. You know, you've got no. something going. Um, is, is that kind of work as a business model? I mean, you, you have to kind of hustle to keep yourself in different things or is it just kind of come natural? <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm I'm working uh, full time as a guitar teacher at the same time, so okay. uh, I'm doing it as you know as a hobby, sure. <laughs> or because I love it. So, but uh, I have a lot. I, I think I'm I'm booked for two years now uh, here in the in the studio. So there's a lot of work to do, and they are great singers and great projects and bands. And I'm lucky enough to work with Frontiers Records, and they have a lot of stuff coming up and uh, maybe a singer will do a solo album and uh, yeah a lot of stuff is happening so i always have work and i try to keep a balance sometimes it can be too much and uh, but uh, yeah i, I tr actually tried to take a break a couple of years ago and uh, finish all the albums that i was working on and then uh, turn down everything just to have a real Right. <laughs> vacation and I think it was just a week or two and then I was climbing the walls and I, oh, I have to do that so I guess I'm uh, addicted to writing music and producing well, that's a you know that's a wonderful thing if you can in work that out in in and kind of alleviate the travel that a lot of musicians you know have to succumb to you know I mean and you hear the same stories about musicians when they're not on the road it, it's kind of nice for like a week and then they realize that they're in their wife's way and starting to kind of gum up things at home because they're not used to being there 
Um, yeah, it's a lifestyle, and they're really yeah, used to it. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Well, again, the Ferryman album will be out on January 21st. Is that a worldwide release date, or is that just the U.S.? Oh, I think it's worldwide. Maybe Japan okay. is a bit later. <laughs> okay. Look for that. I know there's obviously on the Frontiers website, and we'll include links. It's got there the you know the the obligatory colored vinyls and things like that for the 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 fans. It'll be available on all mm-hmm. the streaming services and. And we'll look for that and some more material from you. I'm sure you'll probably have another another album out in the blink of an eye. It, it seems as fast as you guys uh, make music. So, Magnus, I want to thank you so much. I wish you all the best. Stay safe. And uh, we'll look for more music from you. Yeah, thank you. You too. Great talking uh, to you. A big thank you to Mangus Carlson. Unfortunately, the beginning of that interview did get truncated, but I think you get an idea of the music of the ferryman, Ronnie Romero, Mike Terreno. On drums, uh, you, almost a can't miss trio of musicians, and you throw in Mangus's songwriting, which is just phenomenal. So check that out. That's available now on Frontiers Records. Uh, you can go to our website, check out the show notes. We'll have a link to them. Also, DelBozio.today if you want to order the book. Our website is IronCityRocks.com. Uh, we are forward slash IronCityRocks on every social media. So hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Also, IronCityRocks at gmail.com. Uh, a moment on the 2021 Pittsburgh Music Awards. Uh, we will be opening the finals of that uh, here. It's now the going on to the last week of January. Usually those are wrapped up by about now. Uh, we were a little bit late getting started on that. Uh, just a note that this will cover the performances by these musicians in the year 2021. So um, even though it's 2022, the voting is for the 2021. We did not do the Music Awards in 2020. Uh, because so much of li- of local music is live performance, and there really was not an opportunity for many bands to play live. Um, we didn't want to turn it into a who had the best live stream kind of competition, so we opted to wait and do it again this year. So we invite you to check that out. We'll have links to that uh, at some point during this week. Uh, so watch for that and vote for your favorite Pittsburgh music artists and such so we invite you to check out the show if you enjoyed this podcast maybe this is the first one you listen to uh there are many many more we're available on itunes google anywhere you can get a podcast you can get iron city rock stock uh podcast so check that out until next time we thank you so much for listening <laughs>